Welcome. This is Listening to Hope. The podcast celebrates recipients of Ontario Rett Syndrome Association's Hope Fund, Canada's only fund dedicated to Rett Syndrome research in the country. Since 2014, when it was created, the fund has awarded over $500,000 in research grants to find a cure, a treatment for Rett Syndrome. Today, we are talking to a Hope Fund recipient, Mochkan Rastegar. She's a University of Manitoba professor in the departments of biochemistry and medical genetics, a senior scientist in the Regenerative Medicine Program and Children's Hospital Research Institute of Manitoba, and a University of Manitoba Reedy Faculty of Health Sciences Senate member. Mochkan's first exposure to Rett syndrome was when she was a postdoctoral researcher. Uh, frankly, the more that I studied the mechanism of disease, the more I became devoted to investigate the basics of this complex neurodevelopmental disease. Therefore, when I started my lab in 2009, I decided to build my research program around the topic of discovering what is the mechanism of disease and can we potentially find some intervention solutions. Early on, she found that nerve cells affected by Rett syndrome are not permanently damaged. Somehow, if you can reactivate certain genes, you can potentially improve these damaged cells. When she started her own laboratory, she quickly established baseline levels for the different types of MECP2 proteins found in mouse and human brains, and also the way MECP2 is regulated in the brain. Recent research on the human post-mortem patient tissues have highlighted some mechanisms, some pathways, molecular pathways that are controlled by Rett syndrome, and perhaps targeting these pathways could be important for future uh, interventions uh, therapies. Throughout her career, Mochkan has used mouse models in human post-mortem brain tissues to better understand Rett syndrome. Well, Mochkan. How do mouse models help us understand something that affects humans? Without any doubt, research on Rett syndrome model systems, either cells or animal models of disease, have been quite instrumental. They're very valuable to address basic science questions. One aspect is that the the studies on the cell lines or mouse, uh, I guess, as an animal for the disease can be done in a controlled environment. and then you can repeat this as many times as you want to have enough replicates that are independent and you could test them for whether or not the results are reproducible how significant they are and then of course for some aspects of the research when it comes to test the effect of certain drugs this is a new drug that you're testing for red syndrome or to after some basic questions by genetic manipulations of cell lines or mouse models this would not be feasible without having such model systems amidst all this how did mochkan get to know orsa so i have had a very good i guess a great and very close scientific relation with orsa 
and uh, through Orsa and the the funding that we see from Orsa, I could start the research that we do on the human pet syndrome brain. And really, I would like to thank the past and current uh, Orsa presidents Terry Boyd and Kevin Morton. Through them, I was I guess introduced to Dr. Patrick McLeod, Dr. Victoria Sue, and other clinicians that work on red syndrome, red syndrome families, Manitoba Red Syndrome Association, and through this, I guess. This has tremendously helped the collaborations that we have currently. Besides ORSA, there are few, if any, sources of funding for Red Syndrome research in Canada. Besides ORSA, we don't really have any other source of uh, funding for Red Syndrome specifically. It is quite unfortunate because the financial resources for such severe but at the same time rare diseases are quite limited. Over the last, I guess, nine and ten years that I have come to know also, I have witnessed how they would bring red syndrome scientists, clinicians, family members together and how, I guess, effectively they would link them to each other. They do play a key role in providing seed research funding for red syndrome and they continue to impact red syndrome research in Canada. In 2019, ORSA, along with parents and clinicians, funded the building of the Human Rett Syndrome Brain Biorepository Laboratory in Manitoba. This lab currently includes a cohort of human brain tissues from Rett Syndrome patients that are at different ages. And uh, also age and sex matched non-Rett Syndrome human control brains. We have a Canada-wide brain donation protocol that has recently received approval. And in this brain uh, donation protocol, this lab in Manitoba uh, has been set to be the Canadian site for receiving human red syndrome organ donations. Mochkan describes a phone call that changed the direction of her research. It encouraged her to look beyond animal models and shift her attention to humans. The phone call was from a mother of a Rett syndrome patient. That was probably the most difficult time, at least for me, but I, I, I imagine that was quite difficult for the both of us. She was the mother of a young um, child with Rett syndrome, and she called me, she offered to contribute towards our research by donating the brain of her child when she dies. The patient was uh, having severe symptoms and died within a year of this initial contact. For me, the trust that this mother had on our, uh, I guess, research and her selfless act really pushed me to extend beyond model systems, beyond cellular systems that we were studying to understand that syndrome. It pushed me to explore what can we study, how can we study the postmortem human brains. I did not have any license at the time to, I get any certificate to study human brains. So it pushed me to get all those trainings, to be eligible to hold grants that would uh, include human brain. And it took me several years to do this and do the comprehensive study of this donated brain. But I kept my promise to this mother that I'm going to study this. And we comprehensively analyzed molecularly and also at the cellular level this original donated organ. Over time, her laboratory began receiving organ donations from patients or from other organizations. Muchkan, 
what would your advice be to parents and families living with red syndrome i would tell them that know that you're not alone we basic scientists also clinicians that work on red syndrome we all work tirelessly also we we all work to find effective and impactful therapy avenues for red syndrome patients and i would tell them that to be in touch with your clinicians also red syndrome organizations and each other and to be there to support each other especially in such difficult time that we live right now chances are there are young students embarking on a research career any advice for them i guess i would tell them to enjoy the research because of the research and what they can achieve so i guess one thing that excites me when i was in the lab myself was uh, uh for every result that i was getting i was so excited because in the world i'm the first person to see these results and it may sometimes the results is not what you expect but that's where the you got to let the science to guide you and a lot of time i found my way by just seeing what i was not expecting so don't disregard unexpected results and let them guide you in terms of what they do in the future they should love what they want to do so the career that they would pick should be something that they love um research is tough it may not be for everyone so i love research i i work i i'm not a student anymore i have my own lab i have my students but still i work around the clock uh, this is because i love what i'm doing otherwise that that would have been a difficult career choice for someone who does not like research and keep in mind it's not going to work every time that you do an experiment most of the time experiments fail so if you are not resilient if you are expecting to be successful always that probably is not the path for you thank you for listening to hope with mochkan rastagar a hope fund recipient